What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number two of the Beyond Infinite podcast with your boy D Money and It's Guest Gaming, where we talk about everything, uh, everything top level Marvel Snap and more. Welcome to another episode. Happy to be back. You, we had such an amazing response on the first one that yeah. you know we just figured. I guess we have to do a second episode. Yeah, yeah, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. I mean, lots of great feedback off of the first one, and we appreciate all of the comments, whether it was on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Greatly appreciate it as we continue this journey, and well, beyond. That is true. Happy to be here with you. We have a. Uh... We have quite a few things to talk about. We had a, a, a nice uh, bit of changes today in Marvel Snap. It's been a, it's been a good day for Marvel Snap, and we have yeah. some exciting things coming up as well in the game. So, uh, I haven't gotten to play with the new stuff yet. I don't know if you have just yet, but uh, uh, one in particular that we'll talk oh, about. Okay. Yes, one in particular. All right. Well, do you just want to get into the uh, the OTA here? I think it's fair for us to go into the OTA. I mean, everyone's listening because they want to hear our thoughts on the big news, to say the least. You know, it's what I put as the feature. Everybody put as the feature. It's just straight up that Blob was backhanded. Kind of. Sort of. Like, he just, this new effect. First off, I'm glad he's a 6-0. I think that was inevitable. Um, but now his ceiling ability of once it hits 15, it stops eating cards. I love that this was a like a surprise. It was a very refreshing surprise for me because we didn't expect a full mechanic change, but we knew that something had to happen. And it was very heavily alluded that something is going to happen by the devs. So I'm happy that this is at least what they've been able to roll out so that there are some numbers and dials they can adjust for the future. I think that Blob's change overall is a very good thing. I just personally don't think it's enough. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I don't I don't think it's enough. I think it does two things. It secures it to be in a Thanos deck almost guaranteed now because you need it to get up to 15 power for it to have its validation. So it needs to be able to eat as many cards as possible, because if even if you eat just practically stones, one other card in there, you're going to get to 15 power guaranteed. So for him to get his max ability, you want him there. That's good slash bad thing, number one. Number two, he's still going to average, you know, 15 to 20 power with pretty much no downside. He's not getting Shadow Kinged because of Kyera in all of the decks that he's in. He's not getting Shang-Chi'd. I don't think it's enough right now. I think eventually we'll see that number go from 15 down to 10. But I like that there is a cap. Yeah, I mean, Shadow King does still seem pretty good, but it's just uh, always like a game with the priority to see if, uh, like, usually they will not give you priority, or or uh, or usually they'll not take priority themselves, or it's just going to be a guessing game with the Shadow King, so I could see <clears throat> there on that, like, coming up to the last turn, how could be awkward with Shadow King there, but... Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a very welcome change. I mean, compared to the 40 power that he was getting up to before this. Uh, and I guess he still could get up to right around that if you high roll, which could be pretty toxic, I guess. Uh, <laughs> like this, this change does allow for really big high rolls, not yes. really like so much low rolls, like because because you're like you said, like you're 
usually always going to get up to the 15 power, especially if you're playing a Thanos deck. Um, so I can see how it's uh, it could be it could be a feels bad kind of uh, kind of thing there. But overall, I'm happy that it should be around like the 20 ish power range, I guess. Yeah. Um, but also, it's it's kind of interesting because, uh, like you said, it's going to be eating uh, the stones, probably a decent amount of stones. And then it does thin out your deck so that maybe you're going to draw like you will more likely draw uh, the top end of your deck. Uh, which could matter if you play Blob before the last turn. Mm -hmm. uh, so a few things with the change. Uh, I mean, anything is better than what we had before, I think, but uh, still a very, very strong card by any means. 100%. I think he's a, still one of the best cards in the game. He might have gone from top three to top 10, but he's still a top card in all ways, shapes, and forms. I don't see anything really becoming an issue because blob was now not going to grow up to 40 power he's going to still win you lanes he just won't solo them you know unlike shang uh, sorry unlike a uh, destroyer who still in his deck will will solo lanes and now his little buff going back up to 16 power versus 15 i think it's just warranted more than anything else they're kind of realizing oh the maximums here are a little different hmm got it uh yeah we've built some pretty tall cards let's give him a little power i'm i have no good bad or indifferent feeling on this change i just think it's like okay good good for you destroyer yeah it's not really so relevant i mean we saw actually like a few a few very uh i guess like a lot of the other changes in in this ota besides blob are just like very very minuscule changes but uh yeah i mean minuscule changes are are welcome though because when you do make a lot of small changes it does make it does tend to make an impact over time or like it, it, it adds up, but uh, yeah, the destroyer revert there back to 16 power. I mean, yeah. they're like, yeah, blob can sometimes be capped at 15 power. So destroyer beats that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go destroyer. Yeah. yeah. I still don't think destroyer <laughs> will see that much play. Of course. Uh, like, I mean, miss Marvel is still kind of like a four fifteen. Uh, so like the power level of the yeah. game, I mean, like you said, you said Blob is like now a top 10 card. Like that's kind of crazy to think about that, like a six, usually like a, maybe like a 620 on average or something like that is, yeah. is only uh, a top 10 card. Yeah. Sad to think, but it's very true. Um, you're not going to be picking up Destroyer again because he's gotten one power anytime soon, right? Yeah. I don't think that's going to matter so much, but we'll, yeah, on, on average, though, I'm, I'm interested. Like, what do we what do we think that blob would be on average? Uh, depends on the deck, but it's more often than not, basically good rule of thumb. If you're playing a Thanos deck between 15 and 20 power is your range. 50 percent of the time, 21 and higher power is the other 50 percent of the time. So you should be a, if you're factoring in your math, expect obviously 15 but you can pretty safely say 20 as your average roll yeah. and then adjust from there. You know, if you really need to high roll it, then you're high rolling knowing you have to get over 20 in that lane. Yeah, I think that I think that's a, a good rule of thumb. I'd say I'd say maybe like 22 or something like that. Like yeah. really, uh, it depends on the deck build, really. If you're putting on a whole bunch of, you know, Scar and Magneto and Destroy, uh, sorry, not Destroyer, you wouldn't do that. 
um, you know, and all of these other cards, yeah, sure, then you can think you have a better chance at hitting that high roll because it'll hit 14, and then you have a better chance at hitting one of those large cards to go over it. Um, but more often than not, your luck is going to probably always go against you. <laughs> so just a guess around 20, roughly, to stay competitive, and then go from there. Yeah, I think that is safe. Uh, we also saw Destroyer got the one power buff, and then we got Viper getting a uh, one power buff as well. Here. Mm -hmm. uh, no comment, I guess. I mean, uh, <laughs> but I, I know the devs are still hesitant to drop her cost back down. And I get why, because I mean, we all thought about it when Havoc came on out. We were like, ooh, we can turn four throw over a Havoc on, on curve. And that really would have been probably pretty darn dangerous to say the minimum. But I'm still actually kind of awful feeling about this. I still think it needs to be a two. I think we need to introduce that to the community and let them do it for a little bit because it'll be the fun thing to do a couple of times. You'll cheek out some wins on ladder and then they'll go back to the top decks. They'll go back to the decks they want to play. The, It'll be a thing for a little bit, and it's going to hurt for a little while, but I think it's worth doing. But if you do it, then I think you go the opposite direction with her power, and you bring her back to two, but you make her a two power. So she's a two-two. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, the card is just, like, so unplayable at three. Um, like, the Havoc, like, I, I understand, like, that they, they change it for, like, the Havoc combo, but... Uh, and like the Havoc combo was kind of fun for a day, like when they when they let us play it for a day. Um, but like it wasn't it wasn't like always good. Um, there mm -hmm. were a lot of situations where it was it was just not great. But again, like like we talked about last week a little bit, um, <clears throat> like anything, any strategy that like limits your opponent to being able to play their cards, I think they're going to be like straying uh, away from. So I, I get it, but it, it is also just like, it's kind of sad that Viper had to die for, uh, for the sins of yeah. Havoc. Yeah, I, I, and like with, and especially with Havoc, is kind of like an unplayable card. Exactly. I think you you took the words out of my mouth. Havoc is if Havoc had like really good play right now, I'd say then yeah, you've got something there. You know, then of course keep her at three because that would be too toxic. I don't think bringing Viper back down to a two would dramatically increase Havoc's, you know, metagame appearances. I think it would be cheeky and it would be fun if you want to switch it up and do something different. But he's not going to be the game-winning card that everybody thinks he's going to be if you Viper him over. So I'm, I would still like to see it. 3-5, great. Thanks for giving her a power. Um, at least you gave her something. They did the same thing with <laughs> Celine, but they went, in my opinion, the direction they probably should have gone from the very beginning, and they threw her three more power, so she's now a one-two. And I love this now, because you asked me in the beginning of the pod, was there any card or any deck that you've been messing with since the OTA dropped? Celine is that card, because I had a very weird, interesting idea, which was to mess with Cerebro Three. So I've been tweaking around a Cerebro 3 deck right now, focusing having Celine in there with Black Widow, who sits at 3-3. Three, three. 
Green Goblin as your primary tar target to gain and absorb all of that. Plus, then there's some extra cards in there that are not normally found in Cerebro, like Captain America, where you put Celine down into, now she's a three. So I'm trying to find this mix of two power cards that can go on in there and not have it be the end of the world if something like your Iron Man get hit gets hit by Celine. So everybody else is going to make up for the fact that he was brought down three. Or when you play your Nico Minoru also in that lane, you can give plus two to your Cerebro in that lane with Captain America. So I'm working on tweaking a very cheeky, junky Cerebro three style deck. And it's a work in progress, but I think that that's the only, and Cerebro 2, of course, you could always do, but I see more downside to that than anything else. I think there's something here with her, but it doesn't add her automatically to the junk package of Hood, Sentry, and uh, Annihilus. Yeah, it definitely changes the, uh, the whole way that you look at this card. Um, like, the way that it was originally, or it seemed like it was originally intended with, like, just to, like, fit in that junk kind of package. Um, and it does sound like you're, you're really cooking over there, guest. I, I'm, <laughs> I want to see this deck in action. I might have to tune into the stream and, uh, see you pilot this. Cause I, I'm intrigued. Um, always, always love to see a Cerebro deck, yes. uh, especially like a creative kind of one. Um, but, uh, yeah, Celine getting a whole, yeah, getting a whole three power here, uh, in this patch. This was, this was one of the bigger changes that we saw as well. Mm -hmm. um yeah still not sure if this card is good or not it's, it's very interesting of course it's still very good with the goblins uh so if there is some kind of goblin deck that you can make i'm sure galactus decks uh kind of love this i guess um eh, not really because she's not uh, buffing the lane that galactus is going to go into she's used the same way i mean she she's she's buffing the demons to or the uh the 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 goblins to help you galactus the lane i guess the but. same way right the yeah. the negative three hasn't changed oh, yeah, off of yeah, her yeah it's the same exact thing yeah, yeah it's like mind. it's like stacking the <laughs> electro lane you know just throw everything over there and here you go it's just hope but then if you don't get galactus off then it helps you because now it's actually yes. two power instead of the minus one yes um but yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not sure if this card is really uh so playable but i'm very excited to try it out myself um I mean, I, I, I was originally playing Selene in, in a bounce kind of deck and uh, just like with with Bast as well. So inflicting their power, their cards with negative power and then Basting my cards back, uh, kind of like you were saying with, with Iron Man as well, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm intrigued like to that. see how this card performs now. I, I still I don't think it's it doesn't look like it's going to be like oppressive or anything. So, uh, yeah, excited to see uh, an, a card get like a new new kind of light on it, especially a newer card that we saw introduced to the game. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that with Bouncing Bast. That's a, that could, that could <laughs> be a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. But she's also still a regular target for the other new 1-2 that came to the game, Electra. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Oh, hi, Kyara. How you doing? I mean, it's still not a card that if you've been playing the game longer than a month, you wish to consider. And I like that the devs specifically say that we want something better for her. We don't know what that is, so here's a power. I actually have been playing a little bit with Electra before this change, not Go gonna on. lie. Um, because I have I have a zoo deck and 
the one of the worst matchups for the zoo deck is uh the black knight black knight matchup mm. so this is a card that can fit right in my deck that destroys the black knight and uh yeah i i honestly have been kind of liking it not gonna lie before the the plus one power so okay i'm pretty satisfied with this change and uh yeah they do second that is definitely said before that uh it, it's always difficult for them to touch like the uh the series one and series two cards because of like the new player experience kind of thing so um i do understand like the conservative approach with a with a card like electra because this is a very powerful card when you first start off the game i'm pretty sure so uh yeah i like i like i like just like i was saying before like the the minor the minor changes are yeah. are cool with me um just like kind of get everything up to date with like the the current power level of the game and uh Electra, let's go. Yeah. Woohoo. Yay. Yay for Electra. I'm, One power. I'm, yay. I'm I'm happy for you. Hooray. <laughs> and but we talked to, we talked about it last week a little bit about what we would do. And this is not in any way, shape, or form what we said we would do. Because there's another one power add-on with Hercules. They gave him a four-seven. The weak. After he comes out. I told you. I told you it was going to be, uh, I told you, I told you it was going to get a buff because like, I, I like the Lady Deathstrike kind of buff as well. But, uh, and I think Lady Deathstrike did get like a plus one power buff as well uh, when they, when they changed it. So, uh, but yeah, this is not the change that we, uh, that we wanted. Yeah. The thing um, is though, Lady Deathstrike took three weeks. This was, hey, you're gone out of spotlights. I can still see you driving away into the sunset and you get buffed. And I mean, I, I broke this down on, on my own like stream, on my own video too, where this to me just is nothing short of feels bad. It's them saying, and I like their reasoning behind of they want a good four cost card to work with move. And without going into that entire spiel I went into previously again, I'll abbreviate it by saying, move doesn't want a good four cost card. You have big card Heimdall and then little tiny card everything else. That's what a move deck is, is move and ramp, move and ramp, move and ramp, right? So you have to have cards that start small that scale and cards that are small that also activate those small cards. And finding that consistent balance is what makes it di difficult. You throw off two moves by putting a four-cost card in there more often than not. So I just don't think it fits in what they're trying to do, minus the one cheeky Living Tribunal possible Phoenix Force variation thing that's out there. I'm like... I just feel bad for the community because they see, oh, this card that just came out, if it's a 4-7, that's still good stats. I might have thought about it. Maybe I would have gotten it. That's the only thing I really don't like. Uh, yeah, well, it's really, yeah, this this doesn't help the card at all. Um, yeah, like you said, the move decks, they really just, it, it's so awkward in those kind of decks um, to spend four energy, to spend your whole turn to play this card that has no immediate effect and then... Uh, Sometimes it can do like one thing, <laughs> uh, and mm. then it's like random where the card goes. Like it, it's just, it's really not good. Uh, this plus one power, like at least the plus one power with Lady Death Strike, actually like deals with her effect. 
um but like hercules it does not help him at all nope. and you're you were never you were never losing a game by one power with hercules you were you were losing by a lot <laughs> um so yeah this is not the change we needed for this card uh i'm happy that they ch i'm happy that you changed something in with with it though you know yeah. i did spend six thousand token was it six thousand it was yeah earth oh god um i was hoping you'd say no uh i i did spend six thousand tokens on this card so i'm happy that i'm getting a little bit of my my money's worth i guess back Ooh. Um, <laughs> are you though? Are you really? No, I'm I mean, not. You, you can just keep telling yourself that. That's fine. Yeah, it's uh, maybe I'll play with it so I can clickbait in my title. I don't know. I like the um, way you yeah, think. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> and speaking of playing with really it, I'm not really liking this. Yeah. Speaking of playing oh. with it, let's talk Dazzler. Ooh. For oh, all yeah, of this the is reasons. a big one. This is fun. I am a huge fan of the Dazzler change of bringing her down to a 2 2 which gives her a ceiling of 2-8. And for what exactly you said a moment ago, Zoo, I think that this becomes a Zoo staple now at this point because she's almost guaranteed to be a 2-8 in a Zoo deck, and it fits on curve, which is so important. So I am a huge fan of this in particular, whether it be with you know some kind of Cerebro 2 variation that doesn't fill because you just do brood and then leave it alone or whether you do a ongoing spectrum deck that fills only two lanes you're still getting that other plus two like this is really now a good card that is probably the one most worth testing in my opinion yeah i agree uh dazzler i i already had run dazzler in my in my zoo deck before but i, I did cut her for kara uh, when KR came out, but like, I I didn't cut Dazzler because it felt bad. It was just I I thought it was like one of the worst cards in the deck, but I still thought like it was solid whenever I played it. Like it's a three eight, and then it gets the buff from Blue Marvel, of course. Um, yeah, a two a two actually makes a big difference because you could uh, it just opens up a lot of possibilities with your like final turns. Uh, like of course the early game curve and the the final turns is a zoo deck when you just want to drop like a bunch of cards, like maybe like Shauna mm -hmm. and Dazzler. And then uh, now you can drop a one drop as well. Uh, or you could drop Dazzler plus uh, Kazar on the last turn or something like that. Like it just mm -hmm. that one, like one energy compared to one power is a really big difference. Like, yeah, it really opens up a lot of a lot of possibilities. And uh, yeah, a two eight sounds pretty good to me. I think there's also a, a great piece here with uh, Hit Monkey simultaneously for her. I think that there's a big potential play at the end of like, imagine your mega drop style plays that fill all the lames with your uh, Mysterio and Bishop and Hit Monkey. And I mean, coming up, you know, who we'll talk about a little bit in a, in a little bit, Grandmaster. And I think that she now has something very strong there because she's going to be wildly used in the earlier game. As soon as they unlock Dazzler, you're going to see people wanting to use Dazzler because it's still relatively fresh from the Patriots, you know, zoos of the eras. And then as you evolve and unlock more and more and more of the, uh, what do you call it? The series four, series five cards, then you kind of move away a little bit. I think that she actually could be, competitive now in 
you know, the upper echelons, but you're going to have to test that more than I am. I'm still at like 16 K and you're at like 16, you know? So there, there's a big difference between where we play. Yeah. I mean, either way though. Yeah. This card, this card does seem strong. And like with a card like this, I feel like you have to think about like, what, what is like the power threshold that I, that like makes this card good. Like if this card is a two, six, like, is that good enough for me? And like, yes like that's that mm -hmm. sounds pretty that sounds pretty solid so like you don't even have to fill up every single lane uh i think i think once you hit the two six like you're getting very uh very solid value off of this card and uh i mean if you're running a zoo deck like that's very very easy to do as long as there's no killmonger but now you have kara so i need to like mm -hmm. my uh my worst like the the thing that i i like the least about this change is that i need to find like room for her in my deck again like yeah <laughs> i need to cut something because this card is solid right now like i start i really need very to beginning. Add start, from, start from the scratch you know just rebuild throw her <laughs> first throw your key cards yeah. in and then build you know just no nah, just put again. her in the deck and then auto fill with the with the thing and There's have no data yet no don't do that <laughs> don't yeah, it's do gonna that. be awful um yeah so dazzler uh one of the bigger changes here and then also a pretty interesting change. Uh, we have Dagger uh, going from a 2-2 two, two to a 2-0. But then the, the ability gets plus 3 power for each enemy card there when it moves to the location instead of the plus 2 power. So it gets an extra power for each enemy card there. Uh, it it's, seems good. I mean, move decks are definitely struggling. Hercules is not even fitting into them. Yep. Um, so this is a little buff to the the whole package there. Uh, Shadow King is very prevalent. Shang-Chi is very prevalent. Still might be hard to run a card like this, but uh, that extra power does add up. Does it add up enough? I, I don't know. I think it does. I honestly yeah. do. I think that typically if you're playing Dagger in your deck, you're always looking to move her twice. Dagger's not a drop it down on five, Heimdall on six. Oh, yay. You're, you got her to 2-6, congratulations. That's not why you play Dagger. You play Dagger for the idea of getting her to hit a boatload multiple times. Like, she's now even in consideration in Phoenix Force decks again because she could be the replacement for the Human Torch because you had a little bit of movement that could happen and then destroy and then bring it back. And sure, it would give plus two, plus two, plus two. Now if it's giving plus three, plus three, are you kidding me? Like, we know Second Dinner does not like plus threes. I mean, they nerfed the hell out of Silver Surfer for that reason. So Elsa. Elsa, same thing. Exactly. <laughs> they don't like plus threes. So for them to say, move needs this much help that we're willing to do this and give her plus threes, they may regret that decision later on. Uh, it's possible, yeah. Um, especially as we get more move cards added to the game. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, somebody in chat saying uh, two twelve in one move, like it becomes a two twelve in one move if you have the if you move to a full lane. Yeah, uh, and that's true. But like, I mean, before the change, it was it was still a two ten, so it's not that much of a difference. But obviously, the more that you, <clears throat> the more moves that you get, if you get multiple moves, that's when it starts becoming like a more of a, a stark difference there. Um, and then imagine bouncing it. That is true. There is going true. to yeah, be a move, move deck, yeah. a move bounce hybrid deck that comes back again because of just her plus threes alone. She can 
she could probably scale up into the high teens, in my opinion. She could probably do that. Overall, I feel like Dagger is just a really high ceiling card now more than anything else. I think that she's going to open up move again because people are going to reinvestigate the idea of how big can we get these extra move pieces. I think she's something that we need. We need some shakeup. We need a new deck archetype to come in, not just keep buffing the same base ones over and over and over again. Um, I want to I give buffs to a couple of decks that way. So we talked about it earlier in like privately before stream of, you know, what do you want in the OTA? And it kind of led to us just saying, well, let's just, you know, talk about it a bit. Um, there are two things that I want in the in future OTAs, and one of them seems very, very weird. And the other one kind of. Kind of makes sense, in my opinion, and the first one I'll say is Quicksilver. I want Quicksilver to get a little bit of a buff. I think Quicksilver deserves to be buffed at this point. I think that he deserves to get a 1-3 because it ruins your draws later on. So that's a part of it for me. I think Quicksilver deserves that extra little bit of a piece to get him to 1-3. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I'm down for Quicksilver getting some love. Uh, it does come down to the... Uh, it is a Series 1 card, so it's like it's a starter card, so they, it's gonna, they're going to have to be a little more careful with it, but... I mean, there's not much more you could do with the card besides like reworking it. Uh, so I'm down with Quicksilver getting a buff. I, I do, I do, uh, I do like Quicksilver and Domino like actually being cards that you can consider putting in your deck at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I would, I would be a fan of that. Um, but I have a really cheeky one that's technically a nerf, but is actually a buff. And okay, it's Sarah. I think Sarah should be a 5-3. Here's why. I think we need to give Cerebro 3 the last piece it needs to decide if it's going to be a competitive deck. Because if we can have Sarah be such a critical piece in Silver Surfer decks, which rely on a 3-cost card to be the winning condition, I think that it very much so could be the piece that also brings Cerebro 3 over the top competitively, because you're dropping a three, a three power card to give that extra card out into the lane later on. So the way I guess I feel about Sarah in general is you're not playing Sarah because you want four power. You're playing her for everything else. So I don't think her loss of one power would be felt by the community at large. I think it would be felt in a positive way because now you'd be able to look at C3 again and go, okay, do I want my Iron Man? Do I want my Sarah? Do I want my Valk? Do I want my Hobgoblin? You can really now look at that balance and say, this is worth it to me. I mean, maybe maybe Cerebro 3 is a reason that they didn't do that already, that they didn't make Sarah a 5-3 already. I feel like like they definitely do consider Cerebro in every... Uh, like, they consider Cerebro, Silver Surfer, <clears throat> Zabu, and like every... Every aspect, like Mr. Negative in every aspect of the balance, I'm sure. Um, and maybe Sarah, I don't know, that might be too strong, honestly, if it's if it's in uh if it's in Cerebro 3 like, like that. I I it's that would that would take it to a, a whole nother level for sure. Yeah. And uh it's kinda it's a little scary to think about. I, I do like Cerebro decks, but uh I don't know, man. 
Uh, that is you? a that is a massive change there. What about you? What would you do? What uh, what changes do I want to see? Yeah, come up. Uh, I wanted to see Black Knight get changed. The uh, Uh-oh. the blade that you get from Black Knight, I think, is too strong now. Um, I think that I think they have to remove one of the uh, I think they have to remove one aspect of the uh, the blade that you get because currently the card is. Uh, ongoing it has ongoing uh this card cannot be uh destroyed and the power cannot be reduced and i feel like one of those has to go i feel like it's either the power can't be reduced by shadow king or whatever or it can't be destroyed by like shang chi because it's just Mm -hmm. like i have to silence the card and then i can deal with it potentially like it's i have to use two cards for one and uh it's very easy to get black knight value um and like especially with like sarah now people can get it uh on the last like if you have sarah and zabu down then uh you could do the whole entire black knight combo just from your hand and it's like very uninteractive uh so i feel like the card is just too strong right now and i go against it a lot which doesn't help um but yeah having Mm -hmm. to use two cards to take to to get rid of one card uh and if i don't get rid of it it's just like a 420 on the board it seems a little ridiculous to me how would you change the blade, though? Because the way, I guess the way I kind of look at it is when we had no conditions on it, we were kind of like, well, this is absolutely nothing because it could yeah. be both. Do you think restricting it to literally having one card counter condition is enough to make it no longer a threat? Or does, the, does it lie in a similar, you know, maybe adjustment similar to Blob where there's a cap? Yeah, I mean the problem is like then if you if you change it so that it can't be destroyed but it can only be reduced, then Shadow King maybe becomes like too strong of an answer. Like it's just like and then everybody's running Shadow King in like every deck, and I don't think that's what they want. So um yeah, I don't really know. Uh, but like I just feel like having both of those conditions, like it just makes it it makes it feel like it's kind of uh kind of like immune to everything like it's, it's just really really strong uh and uh yeah it's just really consistent mm. too like it's so it's so easy to to target which discard you want especially with blade uh being the way that he is right now and uh depending on how you like manage your hand uh like at least like in like the top level players like it seems like it's it's very consistent that they're going to have at least a 412 that cannot be destroyed or reduced and then yeah. they get of course another uh 412 or like a 415 because of ghost rider bringing it back so uh it's like maybe too easy to get uh maybe that's the fix though maybe it lies in the ability of its being discarded that it cannot be revived in some way shape or form maybe it's just yeah, maybe it, yeah. leave the ebony blade alone you know, sure, you're going to play down a big ebony blade, yes, but at least if you remove the Ghost Rider interaction, maybe that prevents that 20 from being two 20s, and it only costs you, you know, three mana, five mana, whatever it is in total to make it happen. So, I mean, I took Black Knight to Infinite. I understand. It's a very good deck. It's a How very, dare very you. good deck. I, hey, it worked, okay? <laughs> I'm not up where you are. How do you think I'm going to get there? Uh, Things yeah, like this. Yeah. So it's it's something. Okay, let me have this. It's something. 
but i think that's an interesting idea though um maybe you can make it so like if you uh if you do discard that card it it goes to the ebony blade but it doesn't like go into your graveyard pool of cards yeah, that like, you discarded or something like that it's or it becomes a double interaction which would be very interesting because it would open up the flexibility of the card where it's after you discard a card destroy it and add the ebony blade to your hand because then you're looking at a potential null interaction, which then opens it up for other combo decks, which then limits your turn six options because it's just one card to drop on down, but it costs six to do it, to get its power a second time back out there. There's a couple of ways they could do it, but I agree that Black Knight probably is gonna need a dial adjusted on him. I don't think it's making him a one zero. Let me make that very clear. Yeah, I don't, don't do think that. it's don't making him a one zero. I think it relies <laughs> in the Ebony Blade or the mechanic of, of that card not being able to come back from the discard graveyard. Uh, totally agree. Yeah. And I guess the, the other change that I wanted to see uh, was uh, Loki. And I know, I know Loki has already been uh, changed a couple times, but... Uh, uh, I still I still don't like it. I still really don't like losing to my own cards like so easily and like having to make every deck around like my mm. opponent potentially playing Loki against me and then using my own deck against me is uh, but, pretty lame still. But it's just a yeah. But have you have you seen his stats? Like he's matter. not winning. He's not uh, that winning and, and, pe and people aren't playing him. It doesn't matter. It tremendously matters. Like less than 5% of the population is playing Loki and it's almost a 50-50. The there's there's been a lot of uh talk about stats especially before the uh before the Loki change, the the recent one. Yes. And uh how the stats were not even like that great. Uh but I take stats with such a big grain of salt because uh it's just like there's a lot there's a no offense to anybody out there but there's a lot of bad players out there that play with a lot of cards and yes. loki especially like a, a card like loki that was a battle pass card like a lot of people are going to have that card and uh they're going to be that loki is actually like a skill testing card to a degree because yeah. you get a lot of you you just get like a whole new hand out of nowhere that you have to like adjust your whole entire game plan to and maybe you're playing with cards that you haven't really played with in general so it's like very new to you like you have to be a very experienced player and like be familiar with like all the cards to be successful with loki and you have to be able to uh, to adapt yeah. to these these new situations and and stuff like that and like know uh your opponent's deck and like what like the meta is about and blah 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 um so like you have a lot of players that are not really ready to play this kind of deck, I would say, that are playing the deck, uh, that are playing the card and bringing the win rate down. And for that reason, like especially with a card like Loki, I cannot go by stats like at all. Like it's it's just like okay. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna counter you though because those same pools of people existed when Loki was doing well. Those same pools of people were playing the deck and still doing well. The difference is people just stopped yep. playing the deck who were playing it well. So those who you're going up against in your upper echelons 
yes, they know how to play the deck. But overall, I don't see that necessarily being the issue. But I do have a substitution suggestion idea for you. This was an old version of what I thought they should have done with Loki. I don't know what the cost and power would be, but I like the idea of the transforming the hand to a degree, but with knowledge for your opponent. So even if you left them at 4-5 or 3-5 or whatever it is, what if it, your hand just transforms into your opponent's opening hand? Because then you have the knowledge of what did they put down on the board early on. Chances are they already have this, or what did I actually draw? This is what they're holding. Kind of like what Mindscape does, where you know exactly, obviously, what your opponent's holding because you literally just gave it to them. You now have to remember that from a couple of turns ago. Oh, did I have that when I drew it in the beginning, or was it turn two? I don't know. That's that's I can't the even, mind. I game. can't even remember the card that I hit with Spider Ham like two seconds later. Yes. How am I supposed to remember? How am I supposed to remember my starting Valid. hand? Very carefully. <laughs> very very carefully. Uh, <laughs> but I but I think it does. Uh, I think that's it an does, interesting. It does two things yeah. though. It does two things. I'm sorry. Um, it, it does two things. It's number one, giving some agency back to the opponent. And number two, it's also limiting the size of the hand. So you're not high rolling everything. It's just straight up. What did you have? And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a way bigger hit to the card than I even was looking to do. Like that's <laughs> I think that would, that would actually like that would pretty much destroy it. Uh, I, I think you think. Um, wow. Yeah, I think I think that's a very, very uh, detrimental change, especially with like not being able to get like every single card in your hand transformed into this to the to the card. Like if you have like more than four cards, then you're not going to get like all the the, the value. Um, I mean, the only change that I want to see is basically just like no reduction on these cards. Like you, you could still yeah. you could still get the Quinjet reduction. I'm OK with the Quinjet reduction, but when it when you get like the stack of the Loki reduction and the Quinjet and everything's minus two and it's like one cost for everything. Uh, that's, it's just like, that is when it gets really oppressive to me. And I really despise that. And I think everybody hates losing to their own cards in their deck. Um, but yeah, I could talk about Loki all day. That's just, uh, <laughs> then let's not, let's yeah. move over to something more positive. Like, Hey, there's good things coming to the game. You know, like we got Twitch drops coming. Hooray. You know, it's positive things. Yay. Look, good news. All right, switch, switch your energy because you're very low-keyed right now. Um, I'm assuming, you know, there's going to be, you know, a lot of people streaming again. You know, you are, I are, all of us. Because Twitch drops are probably one of the best things for the game when it comes to getting interaction with the community. You know, it brings people to Twitch, which maybe have never decided they want to interact with Twitch previously. And you get free rewards and they've upped it this time to the premium mystery variant thank you at least please okay because that really uh -huh. felt bad that really felt bad to get a really just like a pixel for watching six hours i was not a fan of that back in december i like that they're doing this between january 23rd and january 30th so let the race begin they always do twitch drops when i am like going out of town it's actually Duh. it's it's very uncanny. No. I'll, I'll be here for like three days at the beginning, and then and then I'm actually like leaving for LA for for a a tournament for a different card game. Um, uh. but it's uh every single time, man. I don't know, but regardless of that, uh, Twitch drops. Yes, Twitch drops are coming back. 
And we've been getting Twitch drops like pretty frequently, honestly. It feels like every like month or so right now. Which I'm know. fine with. I'm fine with that. I love that. that. Yeah, that's so good for the community, like you said. Um, the numbers on Twitch go up so, so much for it, of course. Mm -hmm. um, even like, yeah, people that don't even play the game, they don't even know. They just see they just see the word drop and they're like, oh my God, I need, I need it. I don't even, I'm never even going to install this game, but I need it. I need to watch it for six hours right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and, I uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of also the commentary in the chat from this, this Z character Z. I'm not sure. Um, you know, can you go out of town more so we can get more drops? If you want to keep going out to LA every two weeks, you know what? I'm cool with that because it really helps me. I'm great with that. Z, I don't know who you are, but sure. Yeah, that's great. You know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I might just go <laughs> out of the country. I might just, I might just move to Japan. I, I you know, I, I've heard things are big in Japan. So, yes, this is a this is a potentially good idea for you. If it's going to bring more Twitch drops <laughs> in the game, I think this is a great thing. Yeah. But remember, everybody, for three days for D money and seven days for me, you have the ability to gain free stuff just by hanging out with us live on stream at twitch.tv for Mr. D money. It's just D money and myself. It's it's guest gaming. So let's move on. Let's move forward because we obviously there was a lot to talk about with the OTA, the good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly. And speaking of the ugly, um, Meek, what'd you think? He's not that ugly. He's like, yeah. He's a bug. Me. <laughs> He's literally <laughs> he a, a bug. bug. Yeah, I hate bugs, but like his his animation is so cute. I don't know. I kind of I kind of love it. Um, Meek is the new card that just came out, and he is three thousand tokens. And he, uh, he, we talked about him on the last, the last episode. He's a one-one that gains. Uh, every time you, every time you discard a card uh, in a turn, he gets plus one power uh, for each card that was discarded, and he moves to a location. But he only moves once every turn that you had discarded a card. Um, so, uh, yeah, Meek just came out, and he actually seems like he, he seems solid, like I, like I thought he would in a regular discard deck. Um, is he playable in any other? deck ever uh not sure about that uh but in the regular in like the one discard deck he is good he is a good one cost card does that justify <sighs> three thousand tokens for you uh gonna be a tough one but, if you yeah. like it like if you really like discard sure go for it it's a good value if that's an archetype you play regularly i think meek's days are actually going to get better with the card next week um but i just i felt quite the opposite i know he's got a you know good appearance and people think he's kind of like that ugly cute thing going on with him but i think it depends on how you build your discard deck and this is the constant conversation i'm looking at is everyone's deciding am i keeping wolverine or am i discarding meek i think that constantly comes down to where is that four or more power coming from? Is it a Modoc deck or not? Is it just a target deck or not? You know, are you doing the giant, uh, what do you call it? The Wong combo that we're seeing out there, which is very high rolly. I've, I've tried several different versions with Meek and I always felt like he was more so getting in the way because of the inconsistency versus, hey, you discarded Wolverine. He's there, good, four power. He ain't going nowhere. So I, I'm, I'm not sold yet, but I have one more hope for Meek next week. Uh, I put it in a video even because I'm excited to see it because I think 
with a little bit more refinement on how discard works, I think the opportunities for Meek will go up. I know there's more discard cards also coming out in February, and that card next week is Grandmaster. I think that there's a great synergy between these two because what Grandmaster could do for discard is give more targeted attacks in discard rather than having your hell cows and your sword masters and your power, you know, come on the board because of randomness versus Grandmaster, who's a 2-0, but can move another on-reveal card from a side lane to the middle lane, and then that card does its ability, the on-reveal ability, a second time. So you could put down your blade followed by your Grandmaster and get two consecutive targeted hits on that same card that's on your right-hand side. So I, I like that. I really like that. There's something there in my opinion. I just, I think Meeks needs a little bit more time. I think he's going to be a, he's a fun cheeky card. He's a cheap card because he's series four, but I think Grandmaster's the card that everyone's more excited for because he could potentially be uh, game changing. Yeah, so Grandmaster is the new card that's coming out this next week. <clears throat> he is a 2-0 with on reveal, move one of your other on reveal cards here to the middle location, and its ability happens again. Um, and this is uh, it's a series five card, so it's going to cost uh, six thousand tokens. And yeah, this is so how it works. If you if you didn't understand on the first one, so you you play it on the location that you already have an on reveal card on. So let's yep. say I have a, a an on reveal card. I have I have White Tiger on the right location. So I play Grandmaster on that rightmost location. Uh, it then moves White Tiger to the middle location, and then White Tiger's ability activates again. Yep. Um, which is uh, yeah, on reveal cards in Marvel Snap are probably like one of the strongest. That's that's a very strong keyword. In Marvel Snap, and uh, yep. you you see like a lot of on reveal cards like White Tiger like have a very high uh, energy cost and a, and a very low uh, power because of how strong the abilities are. And being able to trigger that ability again, I mean, you have Wong, which is is a four two, uh, which is bad stats. And but if if it goes unchecked, Wong will win you the game. That's just how it does. That's that's just that's just what happens. But uh, you have to actually like set up Wong a little bit with Grandmaster. Like you could spread out your cards, and then like your opponent won't know like where this is gonna happen. And you could just drop it down on them. So I think I think Grandmaster is a really solid card. Looks really strong, even though it has zero power, of course. Um, yeah, the ability to trigger honor reveal cards again and give yourself like the flexibility of not having to play it on a specific lane, like being able to play it on different lanes, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very I, strong. I I spent a good four hours this morning theory crafting Grandmaster for for my video. Damn, four and hours. Yeah, literally, because I kept finding <laughs> different possibilities of what I could do with Grandmaster. Like, I have. I, wait, I'll, I'll put it on in the uh, in the YouTube video side of things. But I had a magical total of nine different decks all together regarding grandmaster i mean it's all I, I screwed up everything but you know we'll just go off and off there but uh yeah it is it is wild thinking of what grandmaster could potentially do for the game honestly yep. it is wild he is a very valuable card 
And I think the big one that a lot of people will be talking about is his zero power. You're going to be able to Ravona him. That's, That's true. cool yeah. to me. Yeah, there are a lot of possibilities with this card. Um, there is also some counterplay that your opponent could do. Like somebody saying in chat right here, uh, you can play Cosmo on the middle location and then to stop the Grandmaster from happening. But if that does happen, then they're just going to play Wong on a different location. Like I'm sure the deck is still going to run uh, a card like Wong. And uh, like I said, it just it offers like these unrevealed decks more flexibility as opposed to just playing like Wong, White Tiger, Odin on the one location or like Ironheart, Wong, whatever. Like now you can actually uh, switch up where you want to go with the card. Uh, my only question, I have, I have a question about this card. Uh, yeah. What if you play it? I guess you can't play it on uh, a card on the middle location. Like if, if you have a, a reveal on the middle location, you are location restricted. Yeah, exactly. It'll just be a dead 2-0. If you put it in the middle location, it will not proc because the abilities are tied together. So you have to have a card move from the side to the middle for that middle card to then activate its on reveal. So it has to move in some way, shape, or form, which means Grandmaster is limited in that aspect. Okay, gotcha. And somebody in chat's asking, uh, if you have Wong in the middle location, will it happen twice? And I believe it would, yes. Yes, the, the card that moves to the middle location, if Wong is in the middle location, you move, using your White Tiger example, you played White Tiger on five in the left, followed by Grandmaster in the left. It'll move over that White Tiger to the middle location. Since it's a Wonged lane, White Tiger would then proc twice. So you would get three Tigers in total. Yeah, you could actually play White Tiger on five and then play Wong middle and Grandmaster on the White Tiger location all on the, on the last turn and then get it to spawn yeah. two more of those. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Lots of <clears> and it's just like there. out of nowhere too. But I mean, they're going to know that you could do it, but still, yeah. you, could, you could potentially juke them out. Um, yeah, that's a very exciting card. That's maybe the strongest card of the, of the month. It's, it's very, very strong. Um, and like Guess was saying, the possibilities are like endless with this with a card like this. Um, it's gonna enable a lot of uh, combo strategies. Maybe Absorbing Man is gonna come back into the meta. Not sure, but uh, very exciting card to see at the game. And there's there's one more question in the chat that I'll answer for the podcast as well, which is what happens if they have Cosmo in the middle location? It doesn't override it. So if you move that White Tiger into the middle and Cosmo is there, White Tiger will not proc in the middle. It will only move. And that is it. Yep. Um, so going to be interesting to see how people play around the potential Grandmaster with a card like Cosmo. Um, if they want to set up for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that is the new card that's dropping uh, this next week, this next Tuesday. Very exciting. And then uh, we have a new location that goes live on Tuesday as well. Or this Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. yeah, so we have a new location, Crown City. Um, it's going to be the featured location on Wednesday, which means it will show up in, I think it's 40% of your games. I 50, believe. 40. I think it's 50 now. Yeah, they always it was 40. It. I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> um, to yeah. be there a lot. And it's basically, <laughs> you know, it's here's a free Ms. Marvel kind of sort of. <laughs> yeah, Crown City is whoever is winning here gets plus four power at adjacent locations. 
So it's kind of like Baxter building, but uh, only with like adjacent locations, which is a little interesting. Uh, so I don't think it's going to change too much for the meta game for that uh, that like day there. But uh, yeah. you're going to want a deck that can potentially uh, drop a decent amount of power on a single location, as opposed to maybe a deck like Zoo that spreads out their power. Yeah, to me, Brown City featured location. Okay, we're probably going to be playing, I'm going to guess, Ronin decks with Gladiator, so you can play Maximus and gladiator so take advantage of it early on high power early nah 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 you don't want to go run that just play thanos blob like everybody else they're still gonna play it yeah they're still gonna play <laughs> and they're still gonna win but at least you'll get your plus four power early early yes <laughs> early um Yay. yeah that's the new location <laughs> that's gonna be dropping soon uh yeah, you could do some quake stuff. Chat Chad is cooking with some quake in there. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. Throw it off from the mid over to a side or vice versa. That could be a lot of fun. So I like the idea of it. Yeah, but that's uh I think that's pretty much all we got to talk about today. We did go uh, for about an hour right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, roughly. Give or take we talk about, I yeah, I mean we could have we could have talked about these things for for longer. Like the OTA was just really exciting. And uh uh, just like future OTAs are also exciting to think about. There's, there's, it's, it's a great time. I mean, with one card coming out every single week in Marvel Snap, along with an update, usually, uh, the game is always changing, and that's what makes a podcast like really exciting to do and put on for you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, to listen to as well, uh, because there's, there's always something new happening in the Marvel Snap universe, and, uh, and now we have like the new. We have an additional card dropping like every single month, I think. Now, yeah. I think this might be the precedent. 100%. Uh, with the with the uh the battle pass. So, extra card on top of the uh abundance of cards that we were already uh getting added to the game. I'm very happy with this, yeah. I'll give you one final iteration that we have had confirmed is supposed to happen, and I'm curious what the theory crafters will do with this. So, this is what I'll, what I'll salute out on. Um, you want an interesting thing and you miss old blob? That's fine. Just play Wong. Let it happen. Uh, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. It is. <laughs> We've had it confirmed. It does work. You will then get 15 and then another 15. So you need that semi-solo lane? Go for it. Have fun. Be free. But it's not necessary. So, Mr. D Money, do you have anything else that you'd like to wrap up with for today's podcast? Uh, I think that's all I got. Yeah, it was a good, good episode. Always good talking yeah. with you guests and uh, hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. That's, that's it. Greatly appreciated, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. In infinite or beyond infinite. Damn right. In, infinite, there, there. In, <laughs> infinity and beyond. No, copyrights. <laughs> Damn it. Don't cut that out. Don't cut that out. <laughs> I won't.